Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's interview podcast. I have a special guest today. Her name is Serena Irwin, and she plays Lucy in the remount of I Love Lucy on stage at the Broadway Playhouse. Hello, Serena. <laughs> Hello, Tom. I am just amazed at the show uh, that, that that you now are remounting, because you had a very successful fall run yes, here in did. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. And uh, being very smart, the Broadway in Chicago people brought it back right away. Yay! And it's going to run till <laughs> at least till March 3rd, right? That's right. Okay. Tell us about the show. Well, it's uh, it's like traveling back in time, in a sense. It takes place as if it's in 1952. You're, the audience is actually seeing a taping of two, or a filming, rather, because it was done on film, of two episodes. And they did it there, right? They filmed them li- with a live audience, like That's the old right. radio format. Yes, right? and this was the first time that they had done that for television, and they didn't know it was the beginning of the era of TV. Oh, that's interesting. But it was also the first time they had had a live audience, and they didn't know how that would work, but they found a way to make it work. And it was also the first time they had three cameras. So, and apparently Desi Arnaz was a, the great pioneer in figuring that out. And CBS originally wanted it broadcast live via kinescope on the East Coast. Yeah, like all the other shows right. in that era. Yeah. I remember, I'm old enough to remember those. Yeah. <laughs> well, a little grainy to see, but <laughs> they were fun. But yeah, of course. And, uh, but I think that's also one of the reasons that Lucy, I love Lucy, has stuck around for so long is because the quality is so great because it was it was filmed. Yeah, or most of them were black and white. Later on, they they were in right. color. But but you're right, and, and you're right. The yeah. the quality of those it's good. Yeah. But so it's as if you're back in 1952. You're walking into a, a filming of the show, and you're actually going to see two episodes. The minute you walk in the door as the audience, there are people, actors who are there from 1952, bringing you back in time, helping to sort of transport you. And then you Yeah, the, the, the state, the, uh, uh, I don't know if it's the stage manager. Well, there's uh, the fantastic Sarah Sevigny, I love her last name, um, uh, she plays Eugenia, a woman who is, well, I don't want to give too much yeah, away. Don't give too I don't want to give, be a spoiler, but okay. I just want, I want the people who haven't seen the show to know that there's a lot of activity just the moment that you walk in. and it's Yeah, you get involved fun. right away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and Deb Lamond is amidst that, that crew of bringing you right back to 1952. And then we have an incredible host who acts as the MC, um, sort of like the warm-up guy these yeah. days if you go to a taping of a sitcom. And they had this guy back when Lucy was shooting as well. And... Uh, and here, the character is named Maury, played by the incredible Ed Cross, who's yeah. a great Chicago actor. Yeah, he's sure. And a great so, comic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's so funny and such a love, too. Such a great human being. Um, as I found all of the cast in Chicago to just be tremendous. Um, yeah, that's so, one of the... Uh, that's one I respect the, the directors for doing. They, Absolutely. I mean, they brought... You know, the four principals in because you guys started the role. Not even the four of us. They just brought uh, me and Bill Mangietta, who plays Ricky. Okay. They found uh, Ethel, who is uh, Joanna. um, (laughs) She has two names, and I'm never Joanna Sentner and Joanna Daniels. I'm (laughs) I'm like, uh, married name, unmarried name. Um, and, and she's from Chicago and then Curtis Pettyjohn is playing Fred and he's from Chicago. Um, oh, I did not know those. Yeah. That's, that's so they're amazing. Both here, Terrific. 
And apparently Curtis Pettyjohn uh, w- originated uh, the Sheer Madness cast here in Chicago. Okay, that's where I knew him from. So, yeah, yeah, that ran he, forever here. Yeah. yeah. And um, and he's just wonderful, too. The other person that came with us from L.A. is Gregory Franklin, and he's in the the Crystal Tone Singers, who is a group of singers and dancers that play out the commercial jingles of the era. They also do a medley of songs from the 50s. It's just really and awesome. And that stuff, a lot of people don't realize, this show is more than just the two episodes. Mm-hmm. Although, if that's all you mm-hmm. did was the two episodes, it would be a, a, a great right. night of theater. But adding the commercial, adding the yes. audience involvement, and 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 music, you have a, you have an orchestra That's there. That's right. Yeah, it's it's really a seven piece it's orchestra. It's a comedy and yeah. a musical, or a musical comedy yeah. in, a, in a kind of a strange yeah, way. Yeah, it is. It's an amalgamation of yeah. some sort. Um, but I think it's proven to be a great evening of fun for whoever comes and and joins us. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and it, it's certainly worth doing. So tell us now. How in the world did you prepare to play Lucy? I mean, here's, you know, the greatest female comic of all time and and such an innovator. It it had to be daunting. It was. I mean, it was terrifying. And I tried to talk the director out of casting me. Oh, come on. I did. Did you really? I did. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of actors who are going to listen to this. They're going to say, we should hit her with a stick. I know. They want to punch me. I know. I understand, but I was really, you know, it hadn't been done. I didn't know what it was going to be like, and I felt like it. Sh- I I felt like Lucy is such sacred territory. What she did is, she was such an innovator, and she was so amazing, and she's so deeply embedded in, in the hearts of so many of us that I really didn't want to do any disservice to her. I'm not an impersonator. I didn't come from that background. I didn't have a really uh, great knowledge of her as Lucy Ricardo. I, you know, I felt like I understood her, but I didn't really know her inner workings. Even just as Lucy Ricardo, step away from Lucille Ball and the, all the complexities that go with that. But um, I, I thought, I thought they should hire an impersonator to do it. I said, you know, this, find somebody who's been doing this for years and years and years and has it in their, their bones and their skin. And, uh, and they convinced me that that's not what they wanted. They, they wanted it to not be an impersonator, to, to have it be an actor, somebody that could, that could capture the essence of her, but that they weren't looking for an exact replica of who she That, that was good was. judgment. And picking you was good judgment because, oh, because you. you, you really nailed her. I mean, it it didn't take more than less than a minute of you on stage, and all of a sudden I'm seeing Lucy oh, alive. Thank you and I'm so saying, much. My God! Oh my gosh! Well, <laughs> that that touches me deeply, and obviously I went to work very hard. <laughs> I worked all the time. I hardly slept from the moment I was cast until when we opened, and then the work continues for me. I feel like the work will probably never be done for me and and i love it it's not obviously it's it's not uh it's not a complaint it's actually uh it's a victory it's it's so exciting to but be... you didn't imitate her you captured her and there's well, a difference thank you. there thank you i mean you ha- you have the facial expressions and those some of the silly faces that right. she, but that's loose you, you had to. to do that yeah. especially in the, in the given role <laughs> yeah. in, in in the sitcom parts of it yeah but yeah. uh, uh, I, I think you really nailed it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It means yeah. a lot to me. The, so you, did you watch a lot of episodes, or how did you approach her? 
Yes. Um, I originally figured that I really needed to break her down into categories um, for the character of Lucy Ricardo. What what was her physicality? How did she walk? Where did she hold herself? I think it's anything that an actor thinks about when they approach her. You know, there's all the animal work and all these other and things. And she had a lot of physical comedy and in her. It's yeah. so physical and everything she does, even just when she's walking without her doing a funny thing, you know, where is she leading from? Um, how does she hold her body? You know, where is her center? What is the, like, what is the basic heartbeat of her? You know, is she moving quickly? Is she a slow, back, sedentary? Where... And the other great thing about doing something that's period like this is that, of course, adding the costumes, like for for me, even the foundation that, you know, the undergarment for women in those days, and then putting the, the dresses on, they also give you a certain countenance. I mean, it, it really helps to yeah, find... Yeah, that 50s look, to yeah. See, oh, okay, I know why she held her hands out like that. In a sense, it's really to sort of not collapse the skirt that she's wearing and um but yeah I so first physically uh, who was Lucy Ricardo and then vocally who was she where does she operate and she I found goes very low and very high she has a pretty great yeah spectrum. she did have a big range yeah and um and then I feel like she even though she does these zany kind of wacky things these schemes that she's really can be very far out She's also very grounded. You don't feel like she's flighty in any sense. Yeah, you know she's sort of in command. Yeah, yeah. in her way. Yeah, that's true. And you did so, capture that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, it's just um, going from beginning, you know, the whole complexity of a person, and knowing that I wanted to to really capture her essence to do the best to bring Lucy Ricardo to life, but to also not have it feel too cardboardy to um like too like much a like a mimicry yeah yeah, yeah. no a, you didn't do that that's yeah. and that that was what made it work but what, talk to me about the comic timing because oh. you really had that, that and you're not a trained comic is that right well no i uh, i have done okay. quite a bit of of um sketch comedy oh you have and, done okay yeah and, well, that, and then you and tapped stuff. into that yeah so comedy i've done but i always feel like it's such a delicate little thing and every night there's always something that I feel oh shoot we didn't hit it that night I didn't get it quite right but you know I mean that's why we've got the next night and that's why I love theater because it's, yeah. everything is different and every night gives me another opportunity to to try and you know to get those things just even tighter just even better you know just to land it and um and I don't know. I mean, I find like um, comedy comes down to such a small amount of time. Like you, if you're off by half a second, yeah. you'll la you you might still get a few laughs, but you might lose half the laughs that you would. So it, it's or a, you step it on your like, own laughs, which I've seen right. shows that do, and it aggravates me because let us get the one laugh out, and then right. we'll, we don't get the second one because <laughs> exactly, we don't hear it because yeah. we can't hear you. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I mean, that's the other thing is you know, no. With comedy, it's all, you know, there's the, the old adage, uh, faster, funnier, you know, faster, funnier. Wow, that's hilarious. Like, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> um, but it, it, if it's so true, if you don't slow down for those laughs or allow the space for those, not necessarily slow down, but allow the space, then you're just kind of, um, bulldozing through rather than letting them roll. And sometimes they can, Role. How long a rehearsal process did you have? Because 
the timing among among you know the, the major people, especially in the two episodes. And you do yeah. do two, you reenact two of the f- more famous uh, Lucy That's right. shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I should give away the episode. I think it's kind of out. But uh, one is the benefit, and the other one is Lucy has her eyes examined. And, um, well, we had about six weeks in when Bill Mendieta, who plays Ricky, and I originally did it, did the show in Los Angeles. We had about six weeks when we came that's to... That's kind of long, isn't it? It's, yeah. it is. Yeah. But that's good. I was good. still it, concerned it wouldn't be enough. <laughs> <laughs> I could have used a year. No. Um, but clearly that's not going to happen. And how long did you run in L.A.? We ran a little over five months oh. in L.A., and um and then when we came here there were some tweaks some changes it gave us an opportunity to kind of go back to the drawing board on a few things that we wanted to get a little crisper with and um and so i believe bill and i were here for about 3 weeks of rehearsal and um and i think the rest of the crew had 4 weeks possibly 5 um but yeah, it's not a lot of to me it's not a lot of time for getting all all of the elements. Of course, one of those weeks is a tech week and yeah. you're just doing, you know, QDQs. And but uh it, it it's a marvelous show, it really is. Thank you. Uh are there plans for it? I know think it's gonna run here for a while. I have a feeling it's gonna be a longer run than, than Well, we hope so. It would be great to yeah. be able to stay here and continue on. So tell us the difference between Chicago audiences and LA audiences. Well, you know, the interesting thing is because of what the show is, because of why people are there in the audience, there's a connective tissue. I mean, everyone that's there is there because they love Lucy. They love, yeah, I love Lucy. There, not, I mean, there are a few people that somehow get in that didn't, don't know the show. I don't know where they come from. Under a rock, um, probably. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes. But, um, but I think usually it's because they're big fan of the show and so that brings a common uh, element to the audiences which I feel like usually the audiences walk in with a tremendous amount of love already like they're coming because they have such great and love can you feel this. that from the audience early on absolutely yeah. Yeah. you know absolutely the audience is always a character in the play mm-hmm. and every night the audience is different you know sometimes they are really crazy jumping out of their seats sometimes they're sitting back and really just sort of letting it all be absorbed. So the commonality of the audiences in the two cities are are the love of Lucy. The love of Lucy. Because I was just wondering if the L.A., since that's where Lucy's from and it's the film capital and TV capital, uh, that maybe they would be either more receptive or tougher. And I'm not sure which. Well, it's interesting. I I I don't know. I feel like both crowds have been very receptive. Both have been very receptive and and kind. The one thing we got a lot of in L.A. were actually people that worked with Lucille Ball that had worked um, some on the show. Wow, that's a tough audience. (laughs) Unbelievable. I mean, Bob Schiller, who was one of the five writers, he came in on season five. The first four seasons were written solely by three writers. Wow. Yes. Um, Jess Oppenheimer, Madeline Pugh, and Bob Carroll Jr. Then for the fifth season, they brought in a, a team of writers, Bob, another Bob and Bob. So they had three Bobs writing on Lucy. But w- the only remaining writer is Bob Schiller, and he came to the show and loved it. And, you know, we got to hang out and talk afterwards. 
Um, some you probably of, brought back memories for him. Oh yeah, and he said that working, you know, with Lucille Ball was the greatest memory of his life. You know, he said she's the funniest woman I've ever worked with. She's just tremendous, the best comedian I've ever met. Yeah, and I think, I mean, all these documentaries. There's a recent documentary that, that they voted her the best in, right. in her show. And her show, yeah. I know it's it's so it's so fantastic, and and it's such an honor for me to to be able to be a part of that in any way, shape or form. I just feel so lucky and, um, and so touched to be included. Um, and, and it is, it's a constant for me, it's a constant, uh, um, challenge to, to, to really do justice to her. And, you know, and obviously what Lucille Ball did and who Lucy Ricardo was, that spanned many, many, many years. And what, what you're going in to see as an audience is two episodes. And we really want to bring people back. You yeah, you're, the show is really about Lucy Ricardo. It, it, yeah. It isn't so much about Lucille Ball. No. That's another show. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And we really, in a, a Rick Sparks, the director, who's just amazing, has always stated from the beginning that this is really a Valentine to. I love Lucy, yeah. you know, and, and it's done with a lot of love and, um, and it really, I feel like that's one of the main things that's kept I love Lucy, uh, in our hearts is that there is so much love in that show. Yeah. It's funny. It's hilarious. And the Lucille Ball was an incredible comedian, but also there's just such a great love between, you know, the Lucy and Ricky and, the Fred and Ethel, even though they have a cantankerous relationship, there's still love. And I, I, I know that there's lore about Vivian And there's a and love Phil, of showbiz, too, from yeah, them. Yeah, it's just, I feel like the whole show, you know, is just just laden with love, the friendships and everything. So is there plans of taking it to Broadway? I hope so. I'm not sure. I, I have my fingers crossed. Well, I can tell you that. That would be really that amazing. The shows that do really well here in Chicago, that we're... I mean, and many times they do come from L.A., but usually here's where they tighten it up and yeah. from here. I mean, how many shows have, have, have we started here that have ended up going there? Wouldn't yeah. that be great, huh? It would be a dream come true. And what about uh, making this a franchise, you know, doing other episodes or talk yeah. of that? I think there is talk yeah. of that. I'm not sure when that will happen, but I, I think it would be wonderful. I sure would love to do some more, some more episodes and have a chance to sink my teeth into those. Yeah. But and I know there's talk of a national tour um, starting up possibly in the summer, possibly in the fall. So we'll see what the future holds. For She'd this be show. up for the tour. Huh? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be fun. I'm a gypsy at heart. I'd, yeah. I'd go anywhere. <laughs> well, you got to You got to make sure, folks. You got to make sure you get out and see the show, even if you've seen it once. This is the kind of show that you can see again because, there, yeah. especially the first time out, there's so much happening other than the stories. You know, that's the, right. With with the songs, the yeah. commercials. I mean, it's. There's yeah. no dead time in no. the show. And and even if you know the episodes, it's like when they come out on the reruns, you watch them, right? Yeah. You, have, oh, yeah. you know it's going to happen, but you, you got to see it again. Yeah. I know. I could watch them a million times. And there's always some, get, something else get, to, to get out of it. Absolutely. Or you and be, we've made a few tweaks and changes even since our, our, fall, okay. our fall run here in All Chicago. Right. Little things. So if you'd have to really be looking at it with a careful eye, but we've made some changes. So. And and it's it's been selling really well. It, yeah, you, you had a good successful run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hope it continues. To yeah, well, I'm sure it will. I, I, folks, get out and see it. So let's talk about your background. 
<laughs> because you have quite a background. Uh, yeah, do I? <laughs> Shakespeare. Uh-huh. You've done Neil Simon. Mm-hmm. You are you do voices for I, I I wrote cartoons, but they're really animated films, yeah. like children's films. Tell us about that. That's that's quite a difference. Yeah, well, um I have done voices on SpongeBob since it launched in two. Yeah, I'm an I'm an old guy that's never had kids, so tell us what SpongeBob is for Well, SpongeBob um is an animated show on Nickelodeon. Uh it uh is Pretty much focused on the world of SpongeBob, who is a sponge living under the sea, though he looks more like a dish sponge than than a natural sponge. And he has a best friend, Patrick, who's a starfish. And uh, it's been a hit on Nickelodeon um, for a very long... I said 2009. No, I'm so sorry. I've been on it since 1999. <laughs> I lose a decade. Um, it's been on since 1999, and uh, and this year the writers are we're taking a year off the series, and they're going to be writing the film, and we're doing we've already done one film with Paramount, and this is going to be the Perfect. second SpongeBob film. So, um, a lot of people don't realize those are great fun. gigs, right? Oh, it's yeah. it is the biggest blessing. Um, you know, I know I I just feel so lucky. I'm like to be able to. And I love Lucy live on stage, and to have done SpongeBob SquarePants, I feel just over the moon about about both of them. And then you throw in dreams. some Shakespeare and, and Shakespeare, some Neil I mean, Simon. You know, that's that is, of course, the the original love came for me. Always has been theater. Always, uh, I when I was a kid, I wanted to be an opera singer, and when I was about seven years old, I became obsessed with The Ring. And I was living in Seattle at the time, and they were they were doing it up there. So I went the ring cycle. Yes, they were doing the ring. Did cycle. you see all of it? Yes. Wow. <laughs> My mom's a classical musician, so oh, I had okay. some predisposition. But um, but it was just you know I decided I want to be an opera singer. I don't quite have the voice for that, so um, uh, <laughs> I do sing a little better than in the show, but. <laughs> Well, yeah, that was Lucy another. Lucy has a notoriously bad singing which voice, which is always the challenge. But... <laughs> uh, is, is playing when someone has no talent. You, when you have talent, and you've got to play it dumb or play Whoa. it down. That's got to be hard. Well, the funny thing about Lucy is they always talk about her not having talent, and cl- I think even when she's doing crazy things within the context of them rolling their eyes, she's still amazing. And you know, it's you know, even in the series, there are times when you know she g- finally gets her way into the show, and then. The big executive that's there to see Ricky ends up wanting to sign her instead. Yeah, so yeah. I think there is an acknowledgement that she has a talent, but that Ricky just really wants her to be his wife and to not have the distraction of two of them having a career. And I think I think her character is probably more happy with that too. Yeah, in, but, in the long run. It, yeah, as I long mean, as she has her man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. So, but. But yeah, so um, never had a good enough voice for <laughs> for opera, but that was the original interest in stage, and then I got into musicals and then plays and et cetera. And there's a whole other side of you, too, as a writer and director of short films. Tell yeah. us about that. <laughs> well, um, I ultimately decided that, I guess it was in college, I started writing one-person shows. There was a, it was, it was. For you? For myself, okay. yeah, and um, and it was when a lot of like solo meal festivals were sort of bursting onto the scene, 
Um, Spalding Gray was really capturing yeah. people's attention. He was so amazing. And, and uh, Anna Devere Smith. And, um, and so I was captivated by that form and felt like it was also great because you didn't have to rely on anybody else to show up at rehearsal. <laughs> And it's you one had, way to get cast in a part, too, huh? <laughs> right. You write your own show. and <laughs> So I did that for a while. And um, and through that, and actually, finally, one of the shows, I think it was my third, the third solo show that I had written, um, was picked up by Brava for Women in the Arts, their Taking Shape series in San Francisco. I was just out of college. And um, it happened that a scout from Disney came up. <laughs> wow, that's always good. <laughs> I know, yeah. just and uh and caught the show and uh she's connected with me and you know and started to sort of rally for me to to go down to Los Angeles and give it a shot and and uh simultaneously I was in a sketch comedy group of three women that I amazingly originated here in Chicago and there we were called Nude Coffee. It was uh, started by Susan Mealy and uh, two other women here in Chicago. And then Susan Mealy uh, got married and moved out to Berkeley with her husband who was doing his postdoc out there. And she thought, well, I'd like to continue to do some sketch comedy. And so she put out an ad and uh, myself and another woman named Kathleen Fontaine ended up uh, responding and she, she cast us in her show. And then we ended up sticking together for years. And uh, so at the same time this Disney scout happened to see my one person show uh the, I was in this in nude coffee and we were getting some interest down and were invited to do the HBO workspace down in Los Angeles which has since uh, they no longer host a workspace but Comedy Central has taken it over but um we did that we garnered some interest um unfortunately none of it ended up blossoming blossoming into any kind of um direct work for us but I decided at that time it had I had done the San Francisco Shakespeare Festival I had seen really how hard it was to make a living as an actor in theater and even though that was my primary love I thought well I might as well give it a shot here in LA and see if, if yeah you're in the per, you're in the perfect place for it yeah so um I really in retrospect I mean 2020 is the, a great way to <laughs> hindsight but I really wish I had been I had known to come out to Chicago and and try the theater scene post college. Of course, my whole life would be different. But it just seems like there's so much interesting work going on here. There is, and that's why so many people are coming from all over the country in groups coming yeah. out of a college. Absolutely, and they're smart. Stick with it. This is the place to be because there is an opportunity to grow your craft. There's a community of people to unite with, and that's really what ends up being your community as you age and you go forward. And there's a lack you know, of egos here. Uh, you know, one, you're the star in one show and you're in the ensemble in the next. Yeah. You have some star caliber people who have starred in your show that yeah. have relatively small parts, yeah. but it's yeah. about the work. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and uh, I've been an ensemble member many, many, many times and, and uh, I wouldn't pass up any work. I mean, I just, I love to work. I well, while while you're giving advice to young actors, I always ask this, so let me just formally ask you: What advice would you give the the young kids today that are that are you know just getting out of college or been out of college and they're they're struggling? You know, it's yeah. tough getting roles and get. What would and you... it's so hard too because you have to um, pay the rent. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like you have to get some job 
to support yourself and then also continue to stay focused on the craft and the career that you want. And the unfortunate thing is that yet youth is a commodity. And yet when you're young is when you're most burdened with trying to juggle a million things and trying to make it happen. But it also is the time when you're around, hopefully, other people who also you don't have family commitments yet. You don't have uh, even bigger mortgages and all these other things that we saddle ourselves with in time. Not everyone, but some. And you have the freedom uh, and flexibility. And I think it's just really important to stay focused. And that's one thing that I'm reminded, you know, by Lucille Ball in reading her books and books about her. She wrote a great, wrote great autobiography, but um, books about her and is that she was a tireless worker. She never gave up. And she worked all the time. Yeah, she did. And I think it's important, your craft, it to realize, if you're going to stick with this, you know, for those that are young, it's some people get very lucky and have a great break and suddenly they're a movie star, if that's what people want. But um, for most of us, I think it's it's a long journey of just needing to keep your nose to the grindstone, as they say. But and the payoff is there, right? The personal satisfaction. Yeah. I mean, every step of the way, too. What I was doing right out of college is still some of the stuff that I look back on with the fondest memories. It's the most fun I've had, you know, in production and um, in shows. I was making a dollar or whatever, but that it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not... It's not about the money. It's about doing what you love. And to have the opportunity to do that at any stage in the game is is an absolute Yeah, it's it's never blessing. a job or work. Yeah. Is it when, I mean, when it's something thing. you love, yeah. That's the thing. And I always <laughs> my feeling is like do what you love because then you can write it off in taxes. <laughs> that's great back. advice. Well, we're just about out of time. I want I want to thank you and you are you are a joy to to watch and and oh, thank, thank you, you for for the insights uh uh you you got a nice run and it's yeah. just a start in the role isn't yeah, it yeah that's right that's folks right. make sure you get out to the uh broadway playhouse to see i love lucy on stage to, to see serena she is uh fantastic oh thank you thank so you much. and folks go see a play this week